Greetings, you bumbling bunch of bow truckles. It's us. We've returned. It's David. Grant will be here momentarily. Welcome back to the post show. What is this, number 82? Um, we are gratefully brought to you by The Comic Book Shop on Bank Street. You can find them at thecomicbookshop.com. They spell shop S-H-O-P-P-E. Same thing with their Instagram, Comic Book Shop Bank. They're at 128 Bank Street, Ottawa. They sell anime figurines, manga. They're having a sale between June 2nd and June 4th. Swing by, check them out. Um, they sell Gundam, obviously tons of comics. Um, but yeah, chances are if you like this show, you'll probably walk in there and uh, see something you like. In fact, we were there just this weekend. And my God, do they ever have a good selection of uh, Demon Slayer figurines. I've got a little Inosuke sitting on my bookshelf and I'm thinking I'm going to pick something else up but it's got to be a weird one kind of main character adjacent you know what I mean I don't want to get like the I don't want to get Tanjiro that's absurd I was telling Grant that you know what I mean I don't want to be that guy anyway check him out thanks again for your support um big episode this week of course um we talk Demon Slayer season three episode eight the succession series finale spent a good amount of time on that we talk fan theories, ending theories, what we liked, what we didn't like, how we feel about the whole series in retrospect, whether or not it'll stand the fullness of time, etc. Quick break for the news, then we do Vinland Saga Season 2, Episode 21, and then another series finale, this time we talk Barry. Same deal there. We talk about the whole series, how we felt about Season 4, how we felt about the ending, spoiler warnings for everything, obviously, and then we end on the Q&A, and it was a damn good Q&A, if I do say so myself. So, with that, Enjoy! Psycho season one, two, three, four. Oh, hey there, Grant. Hey, Dave. Hey there, Nostradamus. <laughs> How are we doing? It's good. That's the title of a book I read in my late teens. Nostradamus. Hey there, Nostradamus. I think it was a Douglas Coupland book. I don't know if it holds up, so that's not a recommendation. I'm just giving you some inside baseball. How are you? <laughs> Good. You know, nice, beautiful, sunny day in, uh, in Ontario, and uh, live, uh, living it up. I'm on said vacation, catching up on anime, catching up on some gaming. It's been a pretty yeah. good one today. Dude, it's 7.42 p.m., yeah. Yeah. and it's 25 degrees out, and yeah. it, just immaculately golden. Yeah, piping hot, like golden you know. hour. I yeah, say. I love it. <laughs> we're lit. We've got uh, another we're such old men now. We're just yeah. like, yeah, that's an extra couple of minutes to bask in it to keep us alive. I well, we've it. got like another eight <laughs> days worth of sunshine. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna enjoy it. <laughs> then it's over. Yeah. Um, we were just talking off mic about about games. You were mentioning. I want to tell you about Harry Potter, but I want to hear what you were saying first. You were mentioning that Tears of the Kingdom feels like it find it's finally clicking for you. Yeah, it was, you know, going back to the launch of the Switch and, you know, Breath of the Wild, I forgot I had the exact same problem that time. You know, like, the hype was there. You know, there was, like, weeks leading up, you know, to the actual release. Like, the reviews were out. Like, it was going to be, like, a certifiable hit kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember just playing it and being like, whoa, okay. Like, is there something, like, this is deemed one of the greatest games of all time. Is there something wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, usually, like, I line up. Like, I have, you know, similar interests to a lot of, like, popular media and whatnot but what it ended up being was just screen size mm. it was too small the scale of everything was too small on the switch at the time i had like a 
even though it was like a 45 inch TV or 44 inch TV mm-hmm. and was too, like, it was just too big. I couldn't like wrap my head around it. And, uh, I struggled and struggled and struggled. And I like, I played a lot of Breath of the Wild, but like, I never fully enjoyed it. Right. Um, I fired up Tears of the Kingdom, played some handheld, played on the big TV again, but I set it up on my computer monitor. Like I got the, the switch dock set up. Oh, okay. 27 inch screen changed everything. Perfect scale. I'm sitting right in front of it. Don't need to wear my glasses. <laughs> no, they just gotta like just get into it. Twenty seven is uh, a good size. I think it's, I think that's like the recommended. A lot of I think you you had once told me when we were playing Halo there uh, when when Reach came out, you were saying like twenty seven is like the go to size for uh, like Sm- multiplayer even shooters. Even smaller. even smaller. Like yeah, esports. Like generally speaking, you want to go as small as you can without actually losing like real estate. Like twenty three, something like mm-hmm. that. And they say, I think for ergonomics, like your desk monitor should be no bigger than 27 or something mm. like that. But well, anyway, especially if you're leaning forward staring at it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm loving it. It's, um, you know, it's, I do see where people, you know, the, the not the complaints, but just like, oh, this kind of feels like a massive, like mass scale uh, DLC for Breath of the Wild. Right. Which, yes and no, but like... You know, the I never really liked the powers in the first game because, you know, there's like the, the time-stopping one and the bomb. Yeah. The ones they have, the three they've set for this game, are infinitely more fun. Um, the creativity... I, I actually feel like I can tap into the creativity of the game versus Breath of the Wild. Um, Interesting. So, hey, wait, you know, here's... The, the puzzles and the building and all that. It's, it's, it's been fun. Ultra Hand and all that. Yeah, here, here's a question. Do the the new powers, runes or Shika Slate power, whatever it is, like Ultra Hand, mm-hmm. does that stack on yep. top of all the original ones from Breath of the Wild, or are those gone? No, those aren't. Those are gone. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say because that would be like a lot of mechanics to juggle. I, I was actually like apprehensive because I thought that was going to be the case again. Um, yeah. You know, I thought there was going to be like trying to re re remember the ones, yeah, you know, or relearn the ones from the previous game, and then all these new ones. But no, it's just it's like a fresh slate. Um, but yeah, no, it's like the, the build, like I was nervous because I've never been good at building games. Like I could never get into Minecraft, you know, uh, like, you know, like Minecraft or not Minecraft, sorry, uh, Fortnite, like, you know, the tower building. Like I just, you know, I like, oh, yeah. you, know, you know, me like RPGs, I like your story, da da da. Like I don't, you know, I like to think I'm a somewhat creative person, but like building I've never, it's <laughs> unless it's like in the real world, I've, I've had a struggle in games. It looks intimidating. But I feel like it's. It is, for sure. And, you know, I see what people are doing online. It's like, I have no interest in doing anything like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, the little rudimentary stuff, like, you know, I get a lot of satisfaction of, like, I made stick one and stick two as, like, a little walkway. And I'm, like, I'm quite happy with myself. So, yeah, you if know, you didn't be prof- little, proficient yeah. enough to use it to get through yes. the game, then that feels like yeah. an achievement. And I think, you know, in, like, in Breath of the Wild, there was the shrines, and those have returned. Um and, like, those were kind of learning experiments. It was more just kind of, like, break the game, just, like, get to the finish line, like, whichever way you can. Yeah. So far, I find these shrines, and it could be, like, a lot of them are kind of circulated in what would be the starting areas-ish, you know, like, as far as you could potentially go, like, right off the bat. But they seem to be a lot more learners, like, tips and tricks to, like, unlock, or like, kind of unlock the potential of, like, these basic abilities that you have. So as I do the shrines, I'm like, they kind of show puzzles that kind of open up like new creative ways. And then you can kind of go back out into the Hyrule and reuse that kind of thing you just learned in that shrine, like, you know, technique wise. But it's really, really fun. I don't know. It's very engaging. I find myself like very clicked in now that I'm over that little kind of nervous hump. So that's funny. It's funny that it's, yeah. it's clicking in for you now. Yeah. I'm glad and you're enjoying it. it. Took about 15 hours. 
to, to click in. Really, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? Maybe I don't even play that long. Maybe 10 hours. But yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's fun. It's like getting lost. I haven't done any of the main story. <laughs> That's funny. I just wrapped my 25th hour on Harry Potter Legacy. Still digging it? Still loving it, dude. Yeah. I think, like, um, it's just shocking to me that they actually, that this game turned out well. Like, sure. It, it really is, you know, the, we've mentioned this before, but, like, I feel like every franchise really wants a game like this with the attention, all the, to detail, the love of the world building. It's just so damn big. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, there's, you can spec yourself as a certain build. I'm on max difficulty doing a full, like, dark arts build. <laughs> like, oh, wow. It's fun as hell. Like, uh. I'm really trying to pace the main story and get a lot of side quest stuff done because, mm-hmm. like, I want it to last. That's a good sign, generally. I feel like if you're, like, what you just said about Zelda, like, if you're, like, pacing yourself or if you're getting distracted by the yes. game before mm-hmm. you can finish main quests or the main storyline, that's that tends to be a good sign that, like, yeah. you're going to get lost in this thing and enjoy yourself. Yeah. And, big uh, worlds. and that's the thing, yeah. too. Like, it, they're so vast. And I know Harry Potter had a similar problem for some people like there's so many literally you know in, in hogwarts uh case like so many nooks and crannies and hallways and oh yeah you know, you know room upon room upon room and hallway on top of that you know like in zelda you know it's caves and this and like you know you can use this ability to you know you're in a cave but you can shoot your way up to a spot that you never would have seen but turns out there's an al- like an alcove and oh it's just like yeah that's... Know, it's i definitely had to decommission some like traditional gaming thoughts or like kind of practices and be like just don't like just be kind of loose and just kind of roll with it you can't like i have no intention of like full scoping this game like just whatever comes across my path i get into it and yeah i'm not gonna yeah it's it's just it's so vast which i think is probably going to work against me the longer i play it like i'm probably there i could see some burnout happening at some point Mm -hmm. um same but for the time being it's uh it's fun to get lost so yeah yeah because Harry Potter definitely isn't a perfect game, too. Like, I think a lot of it has to do with playing it on a last-gen console. Sure, Um, yeah. But, like, the map is kind of not well, not super mm. well done. Um, and then, yeah, the amount of loading screens, probably, again, because of the hardware I'm using, yeah. is, like, intense. But, uh, God, is it big. I don't know. Even, like, the hot minute that I played it on the PS5, I found there to be, like, more... Again, it was. it's one of the more recent AAA titles obviously but I, even like among some of its counterparts um i did s- seem notice like a lot of loading screens so i don't think it's just the old hardware it's it's part of it is because they did an excellent job making the world extremely vast including mm. scaling the castle properly which is like so impressive and detail but, on top of it and yeah. the detail but the back end of that or the other side of that coin is that because it's so big if you decide to travel normally to all locations from quest to quest like you're losing you're doubling your travel time tripling quadrupling like you're adding hours onto the game in total so people Mm. you decide to use fast travel and like every fast travel equates to a loading screen and then based on the hardware you're running how long you're going to be stuck in that loading screen it's a lot it's a lot of loading if you're going back and forth on the map it's like okay i'm gonna load here go walk 10 steps do this thing with this npc okay i gotta go back load again it's like all right (laughs) That so is that's exhausting. That yeah. part's not great. Yeah. Um, but when you are just like, you know, flying around on a broom outside of Hogwarts, going to town to town and stuff, like it's just such a blast, dude. That's so cool. Doing Crucio on Innocence. Um, <laughs> anyway, speaking of the Innocence, uh, let's talk about <laughs> Demon Slayer Season 3, Episode 8. 
Let's do it. Um, okay, so I, we're moving a little bit. Yeah, snail pace, snail pace, but movement is happening, I think. Yeah, we're moving this whole... I don't even know if we see Tanjiro in the whole episode. Is this yep. a Tokido only? Uh, yeah, it was pretty much all flashback and then a couple moments in the current time. Uh, yeah. Or the, the current moment, but uh, fantastic fantastic flashback episode on his uh his deal like the whole i don't know about you but like the fact that they're being a twin was <sighs> super clunky in the moment mm-hmm. it, it, there's the whole i think there's like a line of oh wait i was like 11 years old yeah not 10 and i had a twin and i was like i kind of like looked at Leanne, and i was like what <laughs> what i don't like i was so janky but then, like, you get into the moment, it just, like, works, you know? Like, yeah. the, they did a really good job setting up, like, the, the two of them, and the, you know, You the could offices. see what they were going for. It might have been a... I wonder if it flowed better. The amnesia like, thing, maybe? Yeah, you think they're kind of riding on that? That's what they were trying... I'm positive. That's what... Because yeah. he's like, I was 10. No, wait. 11. I was alone. No, wait. I had a brother. Like, you know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> like, that sounds just like an idiot speaking. Yeah, it sounds like um, an SNL skit. Like, but, but really, <laughs> like, the subs were like that. So it was like... Okay, but the voice actor I thought did a great job. Um, yes. Oh, but yeah, like to your point, all in all, I, I did really like the story. Yeah, it a really good, worked for me. A really good reminder of how brutal the show is and the world of the show is. Um, I feel like we're getting more moments like reminders of that in this season than we have in the past. Like yeah. I, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, where there's just that like big flash moment. Where you're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like people get like butchered in this world, you know, like it is yeah. awful. And I feel like we've had like a three or four at this point. And so they are kind of in doubling down in this. Yeah. yeah in this easily. season. So it's, it is, you know, it could be a good, um, like a good pointer of like where things are going mm-hmm. overall with the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, just because it's not moving at fast pace there, you know, we'll eventually get there, but I think it is becoming more overall violent uh, on innocence. Like, we've seen, like, the odd murder here and there from, from demons and people. Yeah. We, we have a yeah. good Q&A at the end of the episode about... We do. ...about yeah. uh, this this season and its pacing, but I do have a specific question for you. So, yeah. I thought Muichiro's... Tokido Muichiro, whatever, uh, his... The backstory was effective. I did yes. feel for him. I'm interested about his lineage. I want to talk about that, too. But also, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's the joke that people make about like anime tropes being overused about like oh you got to have dead parents to be an effective protagonist right sure and that's like a joke and it's oddly you know it's oddly common i get it it's like a backstory you have to root the character in some form of trauma like i get it but that's two characters in one season two Mm. uh yeah two in one season and it like i wonder like let's assume there's two or three seasons left and we're going to meet that many more Hashiras. Like, do does this get a little played out? I think Tengen's parents were, were dead, too. And Rengoku's parents were just mean. His dad was just yeah, mean. His dad was, yeah, his dad his was, was dead. mean. Tengen's whole clan was wiped out. I yeah. don't think it was necessarily a demon thing. So they can kind of, like, you know, you could split split the hair on that one. Yeah. Um. Well, okay. What does a, you know, like a mythical you know, a shadow organization, Do how do they fill their army with soldiers, right? Yeah. They get the children of, you know, or, you know, who are now, like, orphans due to this, you know, monstrosity that they are hunting, right? I'm going to give it's, you a movie quote. I'm okay. give you $100. Okay. If you can name it. Okay. Orphans always make the best recruits. 
Orphans. Oh, I'm blanking on that one. I'll say, I'll say it in the orphans do always make the best recruits. Oh, I don't know what you're doing there. Oh, sorry. I was trying to sound <laughs> ladylike. It's a M double O seven James Bond Skyfall. Oh, Skyfall. Damn. I think you raise a good point. Like yeah. similar to 006 or double O agents or just intense, like assassiny type characters. Yeah. Like that has to come from somewhere, right? So yes, maybe for sure. maybe I'm being a little needlessly harsh. Because th- you make a good point. Like they all probably are fighting for something pretty deep, right? Sure. You know, it's whether it's vengeance or like just gen- you know genuine like wanting to help the world. You know, which you know Tokido kind of gets into a little bit mm-hmm. in this. But you know, it's I think you know a trope is a trope. There's no sometimes it sticks out like a sore thumb. Sometimes mm-hmm. it kind of blends in a little better. And if you can use the world and rap that around the trope to make it more believable I, I i think i can i can give it a pass for sure in this instance i for sure give demon slayer a pass mm-hmm. just because the world is so violent and they are like i said a few moments ago they've been doing a very good reminder of like there are just people living out in the woods who try to live normal lives and just you know creepy crawlies come out of the woods and kill everyone right like it's, good point yeah but that uh, was good I, I didn't see uh lady okay number one lady amane Mm-hmm. is the wife of the master. I did not did realize this. Never clocked that one. Because <laughs> um, he, he's said her name before, but she's always tending to him, right? So yeah. you don't know if she's quite literally an attendant of some kind. Sure. Or if she's a wife looking after an incredibly sick husband. So there's that. And she tried to recruit uh, Wichiro because he's a descendant of the, quote, first breathers. Um. We learned earlier in the season that he also may wield sun breathing from that kid that mm. was probably offed last uh, last week. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, and then he gets scars like Tanjiro. So, is that what he busted out? Is that a Hinokami Kager? Or is that specifically a sun breathing move? That's the question. Because he, he hit him with some mist stuff, for sure. Like He 100% hit him with mist breathing. Breathing and it looked good. I, I will mention like they finally dialed up the animation on this the fight between these two. That was like that's the moments you expect from Demon Slayer when you expect a Hishira to be on screen to be doing something yeah. right. So that was that was kind of reassuring that over the past few episodes. Yeah, but... he's finally going off because he yeah. has just been like taking swings and missing, and then he was Did... literally stuck in the water base for three two and a half episodes. Yeah, I, he didn't have his you know he didn't he has his sword now so. Yeah. You know, it, good point. It's time to unlock the the animation budget. Yo, how <laughs> sick was that sword reveal, though? Yeah, man. I love because I I love how they did such a good job of the the swordsmith running out with it, shouting to Tokido of like your sword is ready, and then mm. playing off like he was for sure dead. Mm-hmm. You know, like just like the scale of the attack and you know the the tentacles and whatnot. And then, you know, to, like, him, like, revealing it, right? It was just like, ah! Like, we all knew it was probably coming there, but it was it was very cool. Like, not even a blinking miss it, you just didn't see it, like, the yeah. handoff. But, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Man, you know what that that attack was called? Because, you know, there's, this is also an anime trope, is, like, you know, villains having scary names for their attacks. Yeah. And that, and I thought it was really aptly named, the octopus attack was literally called Octopus Vase Hell. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was funny. I don't know. Very like, straightforward. Yeah, legit. <laughs> Tentacles go smash. But uh But we don't see so we don't know like what the extra scar pump up really does. It seems like that's like their Super Saiyan mode. Like Tandro's sure. had it a couple times now mm-hmm. and goes nuts. And so like I don't know if it's necessarily tied to his breathing technique at the moment so much as it is like They're tapping into something separate. Yeah. 
So do yeah. you think they're blood related? Uh, could be maybe they all like maybe not blood related, but could be from the same clan. You yeah. know, it's however many centuries ago kind of thing. But I'm just I did realizing. Yeah. Sorry to cut in real quick. That no, no, no. He remembered that Tanjiro has the same eyes as his dad too. That is true. That would be that would be interesting. That 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 see. That, to me, I think would be, like, a stretch of, like, oh, coincidentally, like, we're all related here kind of thing. Yeah. But, I don't know, I, I don't think they're going that route, personally. I think, if anything, it'd be, like, you know, just, they all knew each other. Or, yeah. You know, I'm, I would get a little suspicious if, like, you know, the next, like, couple Hashiras we kind of get more one-on-one time with. And we're like, oh, yeah, all our people. So, like, all the only Hashiras have ever come from, like, the same clan kind of thing. I think that'd be a little... Too what much? if it's just the one? Because the the scar thing, you have to admit, is very specific. Very specific, and I didn't see that coming at all. No, well, definitely had that one. Twitter spoiled me nice and early on that one uh, Sunday. So, dude, pretty, I'm getting so that. many spoilers too lately. Yeah, but I uh, think I got a spoiler of like one of the final fights in the series. <laughs> really? Yeah, which is pretty dope. Ugh. I think it was like a fan animation that went because it's like really well done. I'm guessing. Did um, you see that today? Yeah. Yeah, I think I saw the same one. I think that's hitting the rounds. I, I think I, I saw some today. I was like, that kind of looks like Demon Slayer art style. And I'm like, yeah. but I should look, maybe. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I'm not going to say what it is. I think, yeah. it, it's, uh, I think it's a fan animated thing of the of the manga panels that someone probably oh, okay. did. Which would explain some things. Or... Bastards. Anyway, so that blows. Um, what were you saying? Uh, no, but I think if it's, you know, it's more on your point of like, if it's just like Tokido, like the one, that would be cool um if it was just you know they, they can kind of keep it isolated to that but if it came like a bigger scale like everyone is dropping off freaking scar powers at the end of the yeah. season or whatever or series but i don't know i and that's the thing too like i know there's a lot of like not hate for this season but i continue to see the sentiment of like this is boring this is a drag and like i i genuinely don't understand what people are seeing in that um like i'm just in tear for the ride you know i think mm-hmm. demon slayer you know you get these Sakuga moments where you can just be like, yeah, whatever. It's a little slow. The pacing is different, but like mm-hmm. it is, you know, we're, we're going to come back to this, you know, again, at the Q and a, um, but I do think the show hasn't kicked off yet. Like we're probably going to like those last three episodes, I imagine are going to be pretty unleashed. Um, if, as long as they don't have a pacing problem with, uh, it's, it's funny. I, I agree with you. We're going to talk more about the Q and a, but it's, it's funny cause we, like we are on the same page, but it's also like, you're saying like, it hasn't really kicked off yet. It's episode eight. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it's all, it's like 80% done at this point. Yeah. So that's a yeah. little weird. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a hater cause I, I get where you're coming from too. But yeah, we're going to talk about the, uh, the upper moons this season and, and the pacing at the, in the Q and a let's get to, uh, that's it for you, right? On Demon Slayer. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's for get now. to the first, yeah. um, the first series finale of the week. Let's start with uh, the big one. Let's go Succession. Damn boy. Season four, episode ten. That's it. There's your spoiler warning. Um, ninety minute long series finale. I've got lots treat. of quotes from it. That was a treat. But I yeah, let's let's. That. Why don't you start, Grant? How do you feel? I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was very on brand for the show in so many ways. I think it stands the test of time. I think so. Like, obviously, like, you know, recency bias and all that. But mm-hmm. looking back on this, this is probably one of the better, not necessarily final seasons. There were great moments in this season, for sure. But I think this is, like, the standard episode. Um, yeah. By, by a mile. This season. 
And then I think it's it's good to, have, to come out on such a high note for a series finale. I know there's a lot of, again, speaking of online, you know, discourse right now, there is a lot of, uh, Shiv, like the character of Shiv gets a lot of hate, I mm-hmm. find, online, which, you know, in today's society is not shocking, unfortunately. But, um, you know, none of this was surprising. Like, it was, like, very through the motions, but still felt, like, you know, true to itself and, you know didn't throw such an out there curveball where it's like it, it affected the overall tone and the messaging. Yeah. At the end of the day, the series finale is what was posed in the series premiere and that's, you know, it all wraps up nice and nice and neat. So, well said. Yeah, I I pretty much agree with everything you said. I think it was a really good decision. HBO like nothing shocking about this, but like, again, you got to give it up to the network, like Mm -hmm. allowing them to do 70 minutes last week and 90 minute finale this week, like just giving everything to breathe. In in fact, I actually thought they could trim a little bit. I thought a couple scenes went a little long, but, um, but like, I love that it was 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. I love that it brought, you know, like it wasn't overly done. Like, I feel like a lot of shows feel the need to like, you know, fade to black and be like, Five years later, Matson hung himself in a whorehouse. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, or uh, and then it's like Shiv ends up divorcing to like all this. I don't need to know how these people, how their entire lives end. I I just want a relatively decent ending of this particular arc of their mm-hmm. of everybody's story. And I feel like we kind of got that. I feel like you know, the kids being the most central characters. I thought that like. They all had a definitive beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so does the whole legacy of the company, Logan Roy. Like, I don't know. I think I think it's a classic. I'm not saying here. Here's my take. I'm not saying this is better than something like Breaking Bad, Sopranos, The Wire. Sure. But I think it's possible in five years. It's like in that category. People like bring it up in the same. You know what I, I mean? Think, I think it's 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 too recent, and also like Succession is a popular show, but it it, it is not doing the numbers that like Breaking Bad ever did. Or, no, you know, that's true. Any any of those shows, like you know, it is more. You know, my all time favorite show is The Wire, right? So mm-hmm. if there's any companion piece show on a similar wavelength, I think it's Succession. Whereas you know, Wire was a lot more like less watched, you know, critically acclaimed but like not no one was watching it like it was like you know it only ever got like one season at a time renewals you know it was like year to year like it was not like whole package purchase kind of thing and you know succession is a little different that regard like more people are watching it's bigger it's a little more a little more accessible i think for modern audiences where whereas the wire was like you know very niche at the time i think a little bit but um i think it fits into that like it's going to stand the test of time Mm -hmm. not necessarily the flashiest show but when you really get down to the messaging and what the story it's telling, it's, you know, it's one of the greats. You know, what's funny is I saw someone say today, and I, I love, and this is like, despite how this is going to sound, mm-hmm. I'm really not trying to be pedestal-y about this, but like, I, I really love all the business jargon. I love sure. all the, you know, a lot of it is obviously like incredibly glorified mm-hmm. and like not really based in reality on the show, but someone says something on, some reviewer was like, you know, you don't really have to understand a lot about the business and no business terminology. Like, you can be lost on half that stuff and still love this show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, the, it's the relationships and it's the characters and it's, like, how absurd and violent everything is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you forget that, like, there's all this really fun central business shit happening in the middle. And it never occurred to me that, like, it is a lot of jargon. It's a lot of... Yeah. It's a lot of... They're, like, intentionally... 
kind of putting themselves up on a pedestal, I think, in a lot of in a lot of ways. Like Kendall, the way he speaks half the time is just hilarious to me. Yeah, it's all like, you know, high mind, like tech speak. You know, he's just like yeah, he's purposely so funny. Yeah, yeah, I love it's demeaning. <laughs> Did you he has an all time line. I mean not an all time line. He has an all time brief moment this episode. And it's so quick. He's on the way out some you know, on the way maybe to the big meeting and he goes, New Jess like he just screams new Jess, new Jess at his yeah. <laughs> his, at his new assistant. I did, I did catch that. Oh <laughs> god, what a prick! I still can't get over that. Like the way he treated her. I think that was like, you know, it, you know. Obviously, we saw the finale. We can go back and look at like, oh yeah, there's all the science here and da da da. But like, you know, I I distinctly remember like the way he just tore down Jess and I was like, oh dude, you're pooch. Yeah, <laughs> you're not getting shit. The moment too, he throws the feet up on the desk in the office like just before the. Yeah. And I was like, you fucking idiot. Like, yeah. you know, but it's all Shakespeare, right? Like, I think at the end of the day, we knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, it was all kind of sitting there for us, like already written by Big Will himself, right? You know? So. Yeah. I've, um, so I've got some favorite quotes. Mm. I'll do one or two, but then there's like a central, there's a question. There's a debate the internet is having and Sam and I had in real time Ooh, that okay. I want to, I want to bring up. And I'm curious about your interpretation of a specific scene, but first, uh, some light stuff. Um, <laughs> Roman to Shiv. Um, he, I think this is, uh, he's explaining, you know, Shiv is freaking out because she's learning that Matson is going to fuck her, right? Yeah. He, he's going to betray her. Um, and Roman says to her, he played you like a fiddle or a pregnant cello. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's defending herself and they're all arguing and Shiv cool. goes, you did this, you did that. Why am I the cunt? And then Kendall goes, cunt is as cunt does. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Uh, they're then, all, they are all so awful. And then, okay, two quick more, two more quick ones. Um, Matson describing what he needs to Tom. Mm. I need a pain sponge. Yeah, and I was like, sponge. that is like the most apt description of what tom is like everyone just dumps on him and then he dumps on everybody else below mm. him um and then immediately following that knowing that like he's probably just had the best meeting of his life his first instinct is to go to greg and to go you're gonna get castrated in pay but i think i can keep you <laughs> <laughs> i love that yeah okay Unreal. Okay, I want to hear about the argument, or the, uh, sorry, the discussions even... Uh, no, it was, it turned violent. We, were, we had yeah. to rewind a couple times, and then I saw on Reddit people were talking about the same thing. So, okay. there's a scene, um, towards the end, as they're going into the board meeting, the vote, the big, big scene of the, the culmination, really, of the whole series, um, Roman is a little nervous to be there, because he doesn't look super great, he keeps mentioning that his stitches look really good. Yeah. That was weird. And then he mentions, I mean, why can't it be me, though? Like, why can't it be? Like, he's in a... The dialogue is very odd and specific. Sure. But the dialogue in this show is so good that, like, I paid attention. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, mm -hmm. he's weirding this... There's something going on here between these two characters. And Roman's being weird. And then they hug. And it turns into a violent, painful hug. And it results in Roman... Roman's stitches being torn completely. Mm. And he's bleeding... And it goes on for, like, a while. It's not like a blink-and-you-miss-it scene. This yep. is, like, a two-minute-long thing. Yeah, yeah. He's so, str struggling through it the whole time. Yeah, yeah so the the two... I think um, our theories are a little bit different now. 
But in the moment, the argument was, was Roman doing that to himself? Was he pushing his face into Kendall? Or was Kendall forcing Roman's head into his shoulder, specific, like that specific area, to, to hurt him? So, <clears throat> yeah. I took it as more Kendall mm-hmm. was choosing to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, okay, maybe my read of the situation was off, because, again, it was a little... It was late. It was a long episode. Oh, yeah. You know, a couple pints there. Uh, <laughs> Sunday night HBO. Let's go. Um, because, uh, so, the way I assessed it was that Roman was very image-focused, and he felt like he, like, was he, like, looking for a reason to look shittier? Yeah, right? I think so. So, what, it seemed to me like Kendall was purposely trying to split open the wound. Me too. To accommodate his feelings. Yeah. So, that was my read of that. Why and why Roman is insisting on like it being exposed wound to everyone, I, I don't know. But uh, I think it was his neurosis and feeling like a, like he didn't have control and being mm-hmm. he, his anxiety was really ramped up when Jerry entered the room. Sure. As well, I think ever since she threatened him to press charges, and he was exposed doing what he was doing with Jerry, mm-hmm. like that messed him up. Sure. But yeah, I, I think I think he was I agree. I think he was asking for it in his own weird way. And I think that was like a tip of the cap of like Kendall understands him. Sure. And is like and I also think it's hard to tell. I'm 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 of two minds here. Part of me thinks that he's done this before. And it's his sure. way to help to quote help his brother. Like his brother wants to be hurt a little bit. Well, one of the just, like, the recent, like, the prior scenes is when they're still in the Caribbean. And, like, you know, Roman kind of goes off. You know, I think it's when, you know, they're kind of hashing out what they're going to do. You know, deciding on, like, working as a block or whatever. And Roman goes off and, you know, Kendall says the line to Shiv of, you know, he won't say it, but he feels it and he knows it. Like, it's not him, right? It's so, like, there has been some recent scenes, like, even within the episode where Kendall's like... He knows his brother. He knows his brother. I know what's best for him kind of thing. Or, you know, I speak yeah. for him. Well, whatever. What have you. So... But, uh, that's a great point. That's like my first option. And my second option is a little bit darker. But mm-hmm. it's that towards the end of this season specifically, you could also look at it from a point of view of being like, Kendall finally understood how to manipulate Roman properly. Like the way his dad did. Like through physically fear. Assaulting him, yeah. Physically, physical intimidation, sure. verbal assault, like kicking him when he's down. Like remember when, you know, Kendall's head was kind of in the, in the clouds and Roman more or less, is the one who pushed the election over the line. Yep. And then Kendall later comes to his senses and is like, well, you fucked it, now I'm taking control. Yeah. And it was yeah. like Kendall coming online. Sure. And now, through, yeah, like, it seems like he could have also figured out, okay, this is how I... I just need to be bigger than him, and I am. Mm. I need to, like, bring it down to its lowest levels, and if I hurt him, he'll fall in line. Which is kind of how Logan treated him. Right? Sure. So, uh, yeah. I don't kept, know. Kept him close, got violent as needed. and Was Kendall doing yeah, it to help his uh, brother who was overly fixated on his appearance or was he doing it to make him fall in line? I think that's one of the more darker debacles. Or, uh, by the end of the episode, we just get a very clear reminder that they were all children at heart. Yeah. And they probably didn't know themselves as well as they thought they did. And yeah. uh, they're just you know, flying by the seat of their pants. It's funny, Those right? Children. They, cause their the, meltdown uh, is like... Oh, unreal. 
watching children like fight and bicker like that. They lost it. I, I, I love that choice. I, I think it really mirrors the choice of being in their mom's kitchen, making food at night. That was yep. the first time the show did something like that with three characters, nobody serving them food, you know, like yeah. that. I thought that went on actually slightly long, but like the whole fit for a yeah. king thing, I mm. like that they did that. Um, sure. And I think, yeah, like the, the opposite end of that spectrum is them losing their shit, beating each other up. Roman going to town on Peter's cheese. That was pretty wild. That was pretty, yeah. Appreciate. <laughs> they really got it on that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get, it feels like the actor just made a choice and they're like, all right, well. Um, he did it. Let's put it in. We got it on film. We're not not going to put that in. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, maybe we should talk briefly about this. I mean, Shiv's last minute betrayal. Sure. So you mentioned that she's getting a lot of hate online. Why would she do that? She fucked everything at the last, you know, at the finish line. Yada yada yada. All all fair criticisms, but I think, and and I'm curious what you think too, Grant. But my thought was like. If it wasn't going to be her, it was mm. going to be one of the other two. Like, they, all three of them are so concerned about themselves and are so conniving and self-centered that, like, mm. if it's going to go to Kendall, why can't it be me? Roman tried at the last second, but he got bullied into submission. Yeah. And uh, I think Shiv had another option. She had Tom mm-hmm. and probably assumed, like, okay, well, which one of these two scenarios goes best for me specifically? And at the last second, I think she fucking chose Tom. So. Slash my, herself. For sure. So my read of it is, yes, like obviously, you know, like there was the two options, but the whole series, one of the big standout points is Shiv has always, not necessarily to be the CEO, there, there's various points, but she wanted to be behind the wheel. Yeah. And it literally, in, you know, the 11th hour, the wheel came into her hands and she was for once able to make that, a choice. That no one else could argue or fight her on. And it was as simple as that. She, you know, they fucked her over plenty of times. I was still fresh in her mind. And she fucked them over. Boom. End of story. You know, she no, wins. That's a, like, great, that's a great point, too. Yeah. Like, the fact that she got the tie-breaking vote. You know yeah. what I mean? Now it's it's finally her turn at bat. And nobody can say shit. And, yeah, she could have just decided, you know what? I'm going to hurt you. And it's funny, too, because mm-hmm. one thing that we have to mention is, like, this is shot like a tragedy, right? Like the, yeah, it's a tragic thing that happens at the end. It's great for Tom, but like the short, the show does a good do- job, like making it like a mournful scene almost. Yeah. But, but I think that you intentionally lose perspective a bit. It's like, yo, they, they're each making like 2 billion off this. Like yeah. they're going to yeah. be not just fine. They're going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They lose the fucking company that they didn't help build. You know what I mean? But it's like, yeah that's the yeah. funny part is they're all going to be even more filthy rich but like they it's tragedy the the world is ending you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's i think uh interesting how about how about what tom do you think... oh, sorry go ahead well, well yeah we'll come back to tom in a sec but what did you think of the choice of you know them throwing you know kendall like well you killed somebody like right at the last hour like in that moment too like I thought that was, it was like, I knew it was going to come back. We all knew it was going to come back up at some point. And to watch, like, Kendall struggle was, like, the whole, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, his reaction to that was I think insane. That was, like, uh, this is, I mean, this is going to sound, like, I don't know, sad and, like, sinister. But because it is. But I think that was, like, a reminder 
of like, like I really do think they put that beautiful kitchen scene in there to mm. remind you that these people are family and they love each other. Mm. And often the people that love you the most can hurt you the most. You know what I mean? Sure. Like Ken was obviously really fucked up by them bringing that up. But you know what made him lose his composure is when they brought up his kids. Mm. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. When Roman brought yeah, up his... That was a, which was a surprise to the, last minute. to the whole audience. And knowing his dad felt that way, like that's what made mm. him fucking lose it. And like, yeah, no one can cut you deep sometimes like family can. And like only they yeah. would know that. And it, I think it's disappointing because it's like, of course they're going to go there, right? Like it can't, mm. the argument about the future of the company can't just be about the future of the company. It has to be about me versus you. And now I want to yeah. hurt you. And before you can hurt me, you know what I mean? And that was like really sad. Like I was like, yeah, of course, yeah. of course it's going to end with us slapping each other. And exactly like Logan thought, you know what I mean? Like they were just, fucking kids like they're just these mm -hmm. emotionally stunted children at the wheel i don't know that yeah i thought that was a great scene though um but love tom, love tom, tom getting the w love it to go i love the total composure change like when he's like walking in as ceo and all that and just like you know there's a line of when when he comes out they're taking photos he comes out of like the boardroom and, like, you know, like, it's like a whispered scene to Shiv of, like, you know, there's going to be a car in 20 minutes. Are you going to be in it? Mm -hmm. And the way he, like, fucks back to the boardroom for more photos, I was like, whoa. Like, yeah. He, um, yeah. The killer's here. There's been some foreshadowing. F -f -f foreshadowing, sorry. <laughs> there's been some f -f foreshadowing all season about Tom. I saw a couple theories on Reddit. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, You've it could be anybody. baseball one? Sorry? Have what you heard base? the baseball one? No, hit me. So... They were talking about this on, uh, of course, the Ringer. There, you know, they're all sports guy, uh, sports people. Mm. But um, there's apparently there was a player again. I don't know when, but like you know, a c couple decades ago, with the same name, you know, Wobscan, right? Mm. And his whole like claim to fame. There's like, you know, it was like a three three point or a three point knockout or like three per, you know, like got three people out in baseball yeah. or whatever. And they went to, like, this big title or whatever. Like, a total nobody. Like, sleeper agent, essentially. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of people, like, looking back and reference. And there's all, like, the, the baseball references. People look back to the baseball game in season one, I think. On, uh, I think they're in New, uh, New England. For, like, Thanksgiving. I think it's a yeah, Thanksgiving yeah. episode. And they go out and they play with the, uh, the, the workers on the property and all that. And, like, Tom, like, is, like, you know, fucking with the little kid. Takes the kid out and... You Tom's crushing in the baseball game kind of thing. Oh. So there's again, that's just that's like a fun little conspiracy theory. It's been on Reddit uh, for a while now. That's but, funny. Uh, I saw one. Yeah. yeah. I, and I don't know about validity of this one. I think Sam mentioned one about like how everyone has an iPhone but Tom or something like that. And I was like, no way. Like that oh. can't be. I was just like, that's so inane. Like I don't give it much. But I did see I did see one that I think is legit. Um, the bad guys not allowed to have an iPhone. Yeah, it was something like that. Um, yeah. But that's not the one well, that's I That's like thought. a legit Apple thing, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but uh, I did see one that I think is legit foreshadowing, and it's uh, Matson talking to Kendall. Early season four, oh. I believe. And he says... When he calls uh, him, they're at the bar? He says, how do you sleep? And Kendall says, really, not oh, great, yeah. man. And Matson goes on this whole thing about, like, I don't really trust anyone that can't sleep. And then... Mm -hmm. Tom has this whole sleepiness arc that's like is mentioned in small talk like four episodes in a row 
And yes. then he's talking with Madison, I think in the finale. And Tom goes, I, I don't do anything else. I worry all night. It's all I can do. Mm. I think about work all night. And he talks about all night. And like, you see Madison like deliberately pause and be like, oh, do you? And yeah. uh, I'm not saying that's like the that's like the smoking gun, but I thought it was like a little detail, like Matson specifically mentioning, I don't trust people that can't sleep. <laughs> Tom having the whole sleeping arc thing. I don't know. For me, I don't know what it was. It stuck out to me. And I, it just, after the scene of them, um, they're at Logan's house and they're doing like Connor's like very confusing system. Dude. Of like, you know, tagging furniture. Amazing so, dialogue. Which, I love that scene. I, Alan Ruck is an absolute assassin, like on screen, like and it just perfectly fitting, like you know, only he could like deliver like a, like a, a like just an obtusely complicated system for you know. <laughs> I I, I, lo- I saw a Reddit comment that had that like did it perfectly, and it was like perfect quintessential Connor scene, absolute blast to watch, contributed nothing to the show, like <laughs> like he just yeah. you know what I mean, like everything is just so weird for him and has nothing to do yeah. with anything else. But they do it anyway because he's the weird brother. Yeah. yeah. Were you going to say more on that? Well, so just the thing for me is like there's that whole big arc with Tom or like there's a couple key scenes in season one about Tom using people as furniture. Oh, right. And like teaching Greg about using people as furniture and they're walking around and they're picking their things. And Tom's like kind of like more delicately kind of like walking around and nonchalantly. Everyone's kind of like a little more focused. And I was like, yeah, Tom's Tom's winning this. Like, this is, you know, this is season one. This is, like, ep- I'm pretty sure it was episode one. The first time we meet Tom, like, yeah. in the office setting. It was, like, him using people as human furniture. I'm going to watch this show so, again, for sure. I'm going to yeah, end up watching sure. this again, yeah. maybe in the next year. Um, and I'm pretty excited because the Ringer guys are doing... I think they have a plan to do, like, a top ten, like, all time, the all-time succession episodes. Ooh. And they're going to break... I think they're going to break them down. They, they had kind of hints on that. They're going to do, like, a preliminary one. So, when they do the full thing, I'm excited for that. And to close the loop on the Tom Furniture thing, he puts the sticker on Greg's head at the end. Because he yeah, treats him like property. Because he's always done yeah. that. Um, I think, just briefly, I think the last thing, or one of my last thoughts, is I think it's hilarious, but Tom and Shiv's power dynamic has completely flipped. <laughs> like, yeah. she wanted to come back. She wanted to work mm-hmm. on the marriage. She doesn't know if it's possible. And she decides to mm-hmm. back him last minute. And, like, it's, and I can't take credit for this. This was also a comment I saw on Reddit is Tom is no longer known as Shiv's wife. Shiv is now mm-hmm. known, or uh, Shiv's husband. Shiv is now known as Tom's yeah. wife. Like, she's yeah. kind of, she's not going to be pulling the strings behind him. Like, he's in the driver's seat. How about that handhold at the end? How, like, yeah, intentionally awkward, awkward yeah. and, like, non romantic it was? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I loved it. That last shot of them in the car was so good. Kendall just like spiraling out in the park there. That was pretty good too. Yo, did you hear? Okay. Um, Did you hear about, uh, what's his name? The guy who plays Kendall give an interview about that? About what happened when the camera's cut? He tried to jump in the water because the guy's always in character and Brian Cox hated, apparently hated him for it. Yeah, they did not get along. And uh, Kendall was like, uh, yeah, sorry. He just goes, I, I don't know what Kendall wanted to do that moment. Either he wanted to drown or he wanted to be saved by his father's bodyguard. But, the, but when the impulse struck me, I could not stop my body from moving. <laughs> it's like, okay, number one, that's how you win Emmys. Number two, yeah, I see why Brian Cox was annoyed to shit. 
Like, that would be <laughs> yeah. enough. Like, really? The guy's going to jump yeah. in the lake after the scene? We got to go again. I need lunch. Anyway. I remember when season three was on, or it was coming towards the end of season three, and uh, uh, Brian Cox was on Marin. And Brian took like a like a full like probably five ten minutes. I'm just like the, the stupidity, <laughs> like you yeah. method acting, and and Mark's like, well like you like know a guy, and Brian Cox is like, yes yes I do, <laughs> you know just like you know where like, what interview was this on? Idiots. It was on Marin like years ago. Uh, oh my god, would have been season three was on at the time. Yeah, oh, wow, I didn't but, hear uh, that. I have to listen to that. Yeah. I just oh like... yeah, there's some and. And Jeremy Strong was on too, uh, like shortly afterwards, Awkward. and like just what a weird, what a weird bird. Yeah, he sounds like, very talented, very talented. Dude. But like, holy cow! I just yeah. saw a clip of that movie Troy with Brad Pitt. Brian Cox is Agamemnon. Okay. He plays yeah. the villain. I, that guy's great, man. Um, oh, I love him. Okay, a couple more. I gotta check that one. Yeah, a couple more quotes for you, real quick. Okay, just two last ones. Um, they're all arguing about who it should be because. Logan promised it to everybody. And then Shiv says to Roman, what else did dad say when no one was around? That he was the Zodiac killer? That he did in Tupac? (laughs) And then last one, because the delivery, like every line from Greg is perfect. On the phone to Kendall when he realizes that Shiv is not going to be tapped as CEO. I'm in the center of the universe with knowledge to take down solar systems. Like was, for once, he was not wrong. He was not what a wrong. Freaking, what a little shit he is. He's eh? trained by the like, best, dude. Go getter. Yeah. He is. They're all snakes, but he grew up among snakes. He's a. He's. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what a show. So so glad we could talk about it on here, man. Yeah, man. I really enjoyed it. Okay, news feed. A little bit of news. Take a little yeah. breather here before we get to Vinland Saga. Um, I'll kick us off here, Grant. Deadpool. Three has started filming, uh, and this is going to be the first Deadpool movie under Disney. Fun fact, though, mm-hmm. because of the writer's strike and Ryan Reynolds technically being a co-writer on this movie, he's technically not allowed to improv. Because any improv mm. that you do on set, if you're a writer, is considered writing, and you have to be paid for it. That's so fascinating. Isn't it? It is interesting. So you got to wonder, like, I mean, how much improv does he do? It feels like probably a lot. Well, he's very, yeah, he's very known for that, I think. Yeah. Like, a lot of those, like, the, I think uh, the blooper reels on those movies are, like, massive. Yeah. Like, so yeah, just all the, all the cuts and this and that. But, um, so, Hell's Paradise, um, episode nine is delayed by a week. Uh, I'm not sure, I think it's just a scheduling thing. I don't think it's a production delay or anything like that. I think it's just, there might be an event at that yeah. time slot on the channel. I'm not sure what the deal is. You're not caught up on yeah. that yet, are you? No, like I said, I'm, uh... Tonight and tomorrow are uh, heavy anime recap days. We're catching up on everything. I think I really liked episode eight. I'm gonna have to like by the time nine rolls around, I'll have to rewatch eight. But I think I liked episode eight for what it's worth. So I think you're mm-hmm. in store for something. Um, Sweet. This is interesting. Witcher, uh, the Witcher TV show, has been renewed for season five. Before season three mm. has been released, that's Cavill's last se- uh, season, and before season four has even started filming. So. I think I'm already wrong. My prediction was Liam Neeson season will come out and tank, which wow, I still I think. I want to see the Liam Neeson version of The Witcher. Oh, Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Help me. Uh, Liam Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liam Neeson would be an excellent uh, Vesemir, though. Dude, 
He should is be... He, is Vesemir in, in The Witcher? Yeah. Is, like, his mentor character? Yeah, he is, eh? He is, and he shouldn't change his voice. Like, he should do his accent as Vesemir. Yeah, pretty spot on. I think it'd be good. Um, but my prediction was it would tank with season four when Liam Hemsworth started. I still think that's probable, but I think this Netflix... This being announced does not mean anything. No, it doesn't mean shit, but I th- they really want this yeah. to work. They really want it to work, and dude, I just... This is one of those shows that I see an overwhelming majority for the, of fans that are upset. Like, I don't think I'm like going to yeah. the angry corners of the internet. I don't think anybody no. loves The Witcher. I think some people the that, silent like, majority doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. Or is like, in, or slowly teed off or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm curious. That is one again. I'm not watching it, but I will watch the coverage of that. Like it's you know going out of style. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Olsen uh, of MCU fame and many other things recommends future MCU stars sign short term contracts for more control. Yeah, don't this disagree. was. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I thought this was interesting coming from an MCU star with a multi picture length deal. Is she done? Oh yeah. She must be out. She I must be out. Are they for doing... her to say something like this? They're not or doing, she's doing the whole Scarlet, two, right? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know what there she's is. There is actually well, other news. The uh, the Agatha Coven or you know Cave yeah, or Cavern of the Coven or whatever like that that finished filming today. Yeah, was, uh, that came go. out, so that'll but, be out this year and maybe next year. But yeah, I mean, we see it in uh, like Hollywood stuff, but also like I don't know why I'm thinking of like uh, of athletes, but generally speaking, like you shouldn't sign a long deal. Um, you should try and sign one or two at a time, right? So you can renegotiate in between. You're not married to anything. Because uh, I think famously, um, Chris Evans' contract was for five movies. Like, if he wanted to do Cap once, he had to do it for five. And Damn. Sebastian Stans was eight. <laughs> they were like they're like apparently they're like we know you're bucky we need to lock you in for the next decade and he was like okay uh, i guess so and then like it's funny i bet she probably had a similar deal and uh when you finally get out of there you're like all right i'm ready to fucking go yeah i made my money not enough but uh let's help you anyone coming down the pipe so yeah okay um Vinland Saga, Season 2, Episode 21. There's your spoiler warning. Big episode, Grant. Huge episode. Last week was called Pain. I can't remember what this one was called. Um, I don't know. But, I mean, violent. Yeah, to say the least. (laughs) Yeah, there's a beautiful quote. Um, Well... Beautiful is the wrong word. Dude, there's a quote from Canute's father, the head, with some imagery. I'm going to put it on our Instagram, I'm sure. It's, um, you killed your father and your brother. He's talking to Canute. And then there's imagery, and he says, keep killing until your corpse-lined road reaches your paradise. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the task of a king, choosing who to save and who to kill. Yeah, you know, uh, was the again every moment, every every scene with the, you know the the specter of his father, I think is just absolutely knocked out. Every every moment this season is just is a ten out of ten. It it comes in when you least expect it, and it's like just slams, and then it's out, and then we're back to like reality. Yeah. I think it's such an effective tool they use in this season, and they're using it properly, like sparingly, mm-hmm. not at all yep. times. When he does no. speak, it usually has value. It's pretty good. Yes. Um, yeah, I thought. It was 
I, I loved a lot of the decisions made this episode. One, I loved that they showed the aftermath of the war, obviously. Sure. Right? I mean, the Omar. whole... Yeah. The whole episode has been... Ta- or the whole season has been talking about, you know, casualties of war, of slaves, of people like Aner, um, their families, you know, being torn apart by war. So, yeah, like, you gotta show all the people screaming. You just have to. Yeah. You gotta show the amputations. What you say? Guy had no hands. Well, just, you know, like, there's, the I think the key part of that, you know, Omar gets, kind of gets pulled in, like, you know, young master, come here. And, like, the dude's, like, got no hand. Is that the girl that Omar slept with at the beginning of the season? Uh, I think so. Is that who that girl was supposed to be? Yeah. You know, so, you know, he's, like, begging her, like, take care of my family, da-da-da, you know, just, like, you know, Omar can't handle it. Like, you know, no one could. Like, it's, it was pretty grisly, even for, you know, anime. Um, yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah. The screaming was just, like, cranked up. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty tough. Yeah. I, I also think... Very effective. I also think it was a fantastic call for um, Omar to be the one to have to decide. Yeah, good for the old master there to kind of, you know, you know, kind of have, like, you know, because I'm sure it's not easy to stand up to... Uh, Torgil. Uh, yeah, Torgil, and, you know, even, too, he was, like, going to try and steamroll the whole situation and all that, but... Man, Snake, uh, Snake, I think Snake was real one of the real winners in that scene, too. Like, just kind of, you know, looking up, you know, looking back at Torgil, like, yeah, if you choose to fight, I fight, you know. But, you know, the yep. master being like, no, 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 like, that's the successor needs to choose. I thought that was like a good trump card to that situation. Big time. You think, yeah. uh, do you think, Tor- like, Torgil is not gonna, I don't get this vibe, but, like, you never know anime, right? Um, sure. You don't think there's a chance he, like, sabotages the peaceful transition, do you? Like, do you think he goes uh, rogue? I, w- I would count on it. Um, oh, really? Or he does end up joining back. I, yeah, I don't... I could easily see Torgil's story being done this season and, like, that looping back around later. Okay. Um, In a future season, maybe. Uh, but, um... But you don't think we see more of him in the next episode or two, like, fucking shit up? I don't think so, because he knows... Like, none, none of those farmers are going to join him like they're demoralized yeah. like the true definition of being demoralized so like you know he's not gonna be able to do that solo truly um yeah, so i think you know, maybe he he's gonna have his own story later or, or what have you but um or he rejoins canute which i think you know canute showed interest mm-hmm. um but like my my legitimate pet peeve is toriel should not have his hand the way the sword went through his wrist, like, that would be completely severed. He would have no use. And he was, like, you know, crushing his hand, like, in to show, like, solidarity of a scene. Or, or like, you know, to kind of, like, hit a point home. When he's trying to, like, pump up Olmar. The yeah. hand that the sword went in, he's, like, squeezing with that. I'm like, that, that dude does not have a hand anymore. Like, there's oh, no right. way. I remember so, we talked about that last week. You were like, dude, like, he's done. Like, that hand is, like, done. And I was like, I don't know. It's gone. Anime, like, you never know. You never know yeah, how they're going to deal. To me, that was a huge huge oversight in my opinion yeah no i don't blame you yeah yeah um uh, no i don't know i think i think torgil's gone for now but he'll be back what else happened canute forbids them from um occupying the farm and like taking the houses away from the people who live on it which you gotta appreciate no pillaging well he makes a good point i'm sure he would not be like he wouldn't say no to that in another situation, but he's like, the point was to come here and keep this farm. Like we're yeah. not destroying it. Right. So, but uh, yeah, no, I can see that's going to definitely have some kickback for sure. Yeah. But, uh, he was right. I, of course, like this is going to take, like, of course Thorfinn has to just continue 
encountering obstacles on his way to Canute. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'll get there, but I'm just going to be pissed. I like, I'm, I'm calling it now, Grant. I'll be so mad if like we get there and like, they literally don't talk and we cliffhang till season three. Like if it's like a hello, Hey there, I'm going to be so mad. So mad. Oh, uh, I think we're going to get it. I think we're we, gonna, better, like, we better, we better get documentation. short and sweet, but I think we will. But you know what I didn't see coming? Like, of course there's like this guy who's Thorfinn must get punched by a hundred times, which is absurd because he's Jesus, by the way. Like that's yeah. this yeah. is Jesus, um, yeah. but I was surprised that Canute was like, like he was shocked about who that Thorfinn was there. But he says, "No, nah, it's fine. I don't need to see him." Do you do you have a reasoning why he would say no, or do you have like a, just a theory or like a feeling? I okay, so I don't have like a thought out theory. I, my my stab in the dark is. You know, he touched the scar on his face. I think that he's probably not... He knows Thorfinn is a slave, right? They mentioned that. I think he's probably not super stoked to confront Thorfinn and for him to be the one that he has to deal with. Like, if there's an alternative, sure. if he could just talk to Kettle, I think maybe that's preferable for Canute. Um, you mm. know, Thorfinn got a good read on him the last time they were around. Being sure. reminded of that may not be... It might just be slightly less preferable. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. But, like, I think he might make Canute remember some things he doesn't want to remember about himself. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Same thing. Like, I, I don't really have anything to fit in. It just, I thought it was an interesting choice for him to, like, flat out. Like, you know, the, the quick thought. Would have loved to have, you know, peeked into his mind on that one. <laughs> you know, or even to hear his father... You know, have uh, some insight on that too, but uh, I think there's, you know, it's certainly calculated. I think they're saying right? it because we're going to see more. Yeah. yeah, it's calculated, and I think we didn't hear any inner dialogue because I, I do believe we are going to have that chat this season. So we do, we like, better soon. We'll lose it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Da, 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 da. Not really. Yeah, like, I mean, everything other, hinges other on this like the key on... scene with yeah. What were you saying? Oh, so like other than like the pretty much the, like there's you know there's a pretty key scene with Einar, but it's it's really only three main parts. It's Olimar kind of coming to terms with, you know, no more death, and then you know the whole shtick with you know, Thorfinn trying to have it, you know, getting punched his way to Canute kind of there. But it's like you know it's it's a filled episode, but it is very like there's like one, two, and three. Those yeah. moments are filled out, and that's it. There's not a whole lot kind of spread out in it. So, but uh, it's okay. yeah. Okay. Um... Let's talk about Barry, second series finale of this week. And then, uh, God, we're going to have to talk about what to review next week. Do we do some movies? Yeah. Are there specific shows people want us to check out, whether they're old or new? Let us know, because our schedule is about to widen up a little bit, or open up I a little bit. I cannot wait. <laughs> okay, Barry, season series finale. Spoiler warning, there it is. How do you feel? Uh, it was Okay. I'm not, uh, I'm not, I wasn't all, I wasn't all that crazy about it, to be honest. Just okay. I'm surprised. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Leanne and I were talking about this, um, you know, just before recording and I liked season four as a whole. I think the weakest episode is the finale. And after watching, after it had finished, all I can think of is season three ended on a perfect note. That's where the show should have ended. Like. What did you season know, three like, end on again? Him, you know, trying to kill uh, Jim Moss 
and you know the cops swarming in on him, him him getting arrested you know and gene was there to you know right you know i got you you know i acted (laughs) you know but um yeah i just like i understand what they did in the season you know um well what would you think before we get like break it down and all that what would you think of it so i liked it um they they had you know it's tough going against succession i i don't know like it's but i didn't watch them uh both like in a row i I took a day in between Mm -hmm. um it did not blow my head off but i did like it like as a finale Mm -hmm. i gave it like a seven I thought mm-hmm. some of the th- some of the things that held it back were the movie about his life was too long, <laughs> but I understand I what like they that. were doing. I thought that was funny. I thought I, that was funny. I understand what they were doing with that. Like I appreciate it. I thought his death was perfect. Oh wow! <laughs> I thought that was am- the delivery of the oh wow and the cut and the edit. I thought like all of that was perfect. It was like when. When Sally said she'd leave with him when he comes out of the dark. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Bill Hader's like yeah. delivery. Um, he knows this character so well. Like, he's a... Sure. I don't know, dude. I think the story of Barry, for me, is more like... I think Bill Hader's better at everything than everybody thought. Probably sure. including himself. Like, this dude needs to star in movies. He needs to direct movies or write. Like, he can officially do any of those things. Given, obviously, you know, the right material and time and all that shit. I'm not saying he's like an all-star. And I believe he will. Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, this dude needs to, like, go crush it now. You know what I mean? Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I really liked the direction. I don't know. Like, there was just a couple things holding it back. I don't know if in the fullness of time I loved the time skip idea. The sun stuff. Mm. The religious stuff made sense, but I didn't love it. Yeah, it, it did feel especially at the end too, I thought it was just a shtick. I thought it was just him trying to convince himself or, and like when it came to the final moment, he was just kind of like go away with it, you know, just like toss yeah. it aside, like the toy that it was to him. But like, you know, he was just like, you know, still doing his praying and all. I was like, Oh, like he's like fully into this. Yeah. Like, you know, this is like a part of him now. So but, I did fi- kind of find that surprising right at the very end, but it it's just such a weird show towing the line at all times between comedy and drama that it's like, mm. Sometimes you don't know how you're supposed to feel because you're happy, you're sad, you're confused. Hashtag shout out to the podcast. But like, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's tricky. Like, there are moments that I feel like I should have been sad, but I wasn't. And moments that I should have sure. laughed, but I was sad. You know what I mean? Like, it's an emotionally turbulent show. Like, an example that I laughed at and I was confused by was Hank's death. I was like, okay, yeah. one, that action scene was great. Um, like, it was so fast. <laughs> Grenade. I loved that. But, like, the way he dies, like, the last pose is, like, legit funny and really cool. But, like... Over the top. Just like Hank. Over the top. Just like Hank. But I was like, man, I'm sad, but also, like, that's absurd. You know what I mean? Like, it's how I always feel about Hank. Um, Sure. I felt the one character who legitimately redeemed himself was Fuchs. Yeah. I... Yeah. I was truly surprised that he pulled pulled it off. That monologue or that conversation he has between Hank about talking about why he changed so much in prison and then like then breaking Hank down was great from the two of them. But giving him to Barry and then running away, <laughs> giving his son yeah. to Barry and running away into the darkness as a like, I don't need a thank you. I don't want to do this whole thing. Like I'm out. He gets out yeah. 
quote, clean, unquote. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, I was happy with his ending. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, don't, I, don't I was know. too. It, it just, it all, yeah. uh, I don't, that's the thing. It just all felt unnecessary by the end of it to me. Like, none of it was bad, and it, it was nice to have some extra moments, a couple extra laughs, a couple other set pieces, you know. But by the end, it kind of ended the way it already ended, you know? Like, the only real change is, you know, Sally's got a whole bunch of extra grief, and, yeah. you know, Gene kind of got his comeuppance. And that's that's it, really. Oh, yeah. my God. I was convinced they were actually going to have Mark Wahlberg and Daniel Day-Lewis in the movie. <laughs> I thought that would have been, like, I just thought, elevated. I thought so, too. Truly Daniel elevated. Daniel Day-Lewis yeah. was probably shooting a little too high, but, like, if they... They could have swapped out, like, other A-listers and got them. Like, I'm positive. But... Yeah. Yeah. Didn't want to, I guess. Um, there are a couple things that I thought were at least noteworthy. Barry going, like... Like the Walmart scene of Barry buying all the guns. Yeah. Um, and then not firing a shot is like Deadpoolish. You know what I mean? Like he shows up with all the guns yeah. and everybody's already dead. He's like, no, oh, all right, ready like, to go to war. Yeah, that was kind of funny. <laughs> um, Sally left Barry the same way she left her first abusive boyfriend. She just left in the middle of the night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, good for her. Just that scene of like the denial of him yeah you know like just being like no like why would i do that <laughs> you know her just being like oh like you've learned nothing out of this yeah. whole thing you know it's yeah it, oh, yeah his line was um i don't think that's god's plan for me yeah that was his line it was like why dude come on man <laughs> and then um the way they shot i mean the there's some really good scenes camera work in this episode in general but um, when Gene kills Barry, they mm. shoot it like he's a, on a stage in a play. Like, they zoom out. Yeah. That was fucking cool. I thought for a split second, they're like, oh my god, is this the whole thing a play? I know. Could you imagine? They had me too, and I bet like, that was the intent. The yeah, I know. Yeah. It was so good. And Fuck. maybe worth noting, like, right, right as that happened, Barry did technically, I know it was late, but he... Yeah did seem to decide all right it's over like he was gonna he was maybe gonna turn himself in it seems like he was gonna i don't know i think like the key like absurdity of this show which i love you know you have probably one of my favorite probably like of the season one of my favorite lines of um you know i made a mess with your vitamix i'm you know i'm going out to buy you a new one gene i know and just fred just fred Malman just crushing you know just being one of the funniest people i've ever seen on Dude, tv he was so good and, <laughs> and then like you know it just cuts into like the scene with him and you know him and barry and then you know gene shows up and it's just like the handoff of like i'm going out for a vitamix or, or whatever it's called vitamix yeah, yeah. <laughs> vitamix sorry yeah. um Oh, I, fuck, I can't so take credit funny. for this observation. This was Reddit, but and it's such a good one. I was mad that I missed it. In the Barry movie, played at the end, um, Barry's journey. Obviously, there's a lot that's wrong, right? Like I think they do a great job yeah. looking like look how bastardized this story is. I appreciated sure. that they did do that. But one of the many things that they bastardize about the history is Sally's amazing Macbeth speech they give to Barry yes, in the movie. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Because she ends up as a damsel, you know what I mean? Like, despite everything, she just ends up being a fucking victim. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. And of course, Gene Cusack love... now ends up being the bad guy in the story. Like, that is just hilarious. Well, I love the detail, because in season one, he... I can't remember the context, but he makes a point of, like, don't do a British accent. Guys like us just end up look, or end up being the villain. Yeah. Like, along those lines of, like, never do a British accent. Like, it doesn't work out for white guys, like, unless you are British. Something like... I can't remember... Like I said, I can't remember the context. Oh, but, of course, in the movies, that, yeah. he's, a, he's a British guy, which I thought was funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going to say good, not great. I'm, I'm happy with it, though. Like, good, I'm not... not great, yeah. You you like you feel like season three should have, is, is where it should have ended. I I was happy to have it for another season, but it sounds like we're neither of us are really blown away. I think, like I said, I was. I think season three was like firing on all cylinders. I thought it was fantastic, and you know the ending was just you know explosive in its own way. Yeah, and I was happy for season four. I did like the journey, but but like you know by the end of it, it just felt a little you know, unnecessary. Like, yeah, a little strung out. I don't know. But yeah, I think so. But like, you know, great set pieces in this season that I love, you know, you know, you and I are just nerds for that shit. Like, you know, the, yeah. you know, the technical stuff and the camera work and, you know, what they can do with a scene and an action scene, especially like, you know, Bill Hader and the people he works with, like just have a really good eye for yeah. small scale, realistic action, which yeah. I, you know, I, I know you appreciate as well. Like just the scene, like the, you know, the ridiculousness of like Fred Armisen, like having a pen gun and like blowing his hand off. And they're just like a shoot, you know a shootout in the ceiling, like just it was such a such a high like octane small scale scene. I love also it. the but uh, the shootout between the Chechens and um, Fuchs's men, like of course that only lasts a second. You know what I mean? Like when that yeah. like like hot like the the Mexican standoff scenes always yeah. go for ten minutes and nobody dies. A big group of guys standing ten meters apart yeah. with all their guns pointing at each other. Of course it ends. Everybody I dies. Love it. Like of course, yeah. Instantly. Yeah. Fuchs covers very sun, worth noting. Yep. Um yep. and the grenade, like that shot. It was great, man. Um Okay, I think that's it for Barry. Um you yeah. wanna do the Q and A? Yeah, let's do it. This actually came in last week, but I noticed late and it was such a good question. Uh, and so relevant to what we've been talking about week to week that I thought I would save it for this week. So this is from our number one fan, Abenak 54 Shout out. Abenak 54 um, All right. Is it me or the upper moons? Sorry, puberty hit me in the middle of that sentence. I'm going to try again. Is it me or the upper moons? We are 16-year-old Ben. <laughs> this season, disappointing. I'm not feeling as enthusiastic for the reveal of hatred as I was for Gutaro. Uh, same episode number, by the way. S two. Oh, that's an excellent uh, and detail. S three E seven. Maybe because the main fight hasn't begun yet from Abenak. So it's definitely not just you. Um, no, lots of people no. are complaining, including us. We are not dump. We haven't been dumping all over this season, but like I think it's fair to say, Grant, would you agree with this? We were probably more engaged by episode seven and eight of season two. Oh yeah. Like right. miles more engaged for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think, you go. yeah. So the problem is, okay. I'm, I'm going to try and piece this apart as best I can. Cause there's a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. So there was more or less the same number of people involved in, in both situations. Right. Whereas like there was more, you know, civilian casualties in the entertainment district. There is still people in the village in this season, but it's a little more isolated. Right. Yeah. We have, you know, more Hashiras, but there is more Upper Moons. The thing with Gitaru was, Daki was a significant presence 
until like she gets dropped right or like so we so we think so the reveal of Giotaro as being like the true not the true being but like the upper echelon of the two that was like mind blowing mm-hmm. this whole season has been with the exception of um I'm blanking on upper five's name again. The Kyoko. Yeah, he's off in the woods with you know Takedo. That's significant. I love him. I think he's so far like the the, the highlight De- of the season. Agreed. The, Definitely the the better upper moon so far. It, it truly feel like has a persona has sinister you know, perf- like a very sinister, very clear performance and a very clear arc that's being displayed for us. We kind of have like a little view into what his fucked up psyche is. Cool powers. Um, he's so got I think all the stuff cool a villain needs. He is the package, and we're going to get more of that soon. I think when it pop- that pops off, that's going to be fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I truly hope so. I think the problem with Upper 4 is we are getting kind of minion status mm-hmm. where Doki wasn't quite a minion like she was you know more or less had her own thing she, but she was on part she was the same a, hole yeah exactly whereas this feels like you know I have lessened myself with all these episodes with these smaller characters you know in quotations obviously but I think when we get the time with hatred and I agree the reveal of hatred was kind of like who the fuck cares um they're kind of just doing the same thing I think all we need is just one more episode with some time on. Doesn't have to be a backstory, but just kind of see the thought process and like the you know the engagement between the characters and him. Um, I think we have. I think we have time to lock in. It's just it it, it is like again. I agree with Abenak and most people. Like it is a little nerve wracking at this stage of the game. But Dave, if you look back and listen to our episodes, we up until this moment we're kind of like, is this the show? Is this the rest of the season? Like Docky and the gang, like yeah. fighting it off. Like yeah. when that moment, like just that key turned over, we were like, okay, the fucking Demon Slayer show is on, you know. And I, I think we're, they just might be a little late getting there, but I, I think it's coming. You know, I do think it's coming. So I, I think it's coming too. I think like, it's tricky i mean i agree with pretty much everything grant said i think to further that like yeah the the trope of like this isn't even my final form the minions the upgrade i'm not this guy i'm that guy it's not this guy it's that guy Mm -hmm. it's like yeah it's super played out um so that dragon ball it's very dragon ball it's really it definitely doesn't help them and i think we've mentioned this time and time again but we also mentioned it at the top of the show so it bears repeating here is part of the problem is also the pacing right um, mm. you know, Tokido, one of the best characters of the season was, had no lines and was in water for two and a half episodes. We haven't seen Mid-City, yeah. the love this year, in over three or four episodes. Um, and we we're get... going to have a whole episode dedicated to her backstory too, right? Like there is, t- I, I see where the time constraints are kicking in. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's just weird because yeah, we do these flashbacks and like these that feel sometimes derivative, um, and a little bit onerous because it's like, okay, but what's happening in the present? But then you go to the present and it's more like fights that aren't quite on the juice. They're not quite Sakuga fights. They're like keep busy fights. It's, mm. I've had this thought about this season a couple times where it's like, I can't tell if it's too long or if it's too short. You know what I mean? It's like mm. maybe if the show had more episodes to breathe, it wouldn't feel so disjointed and like, middle of the fight here's a 15 minute long flashback here's the fight again it's like but if it was longer they'd have to fill more time and it feels like that's not going well right now either but if it was shorter 
then it'd be even more jarring with the flashback edits. I think the flashbacks are part of the problem, and sure, it's like we need to know this information, but when one of the main fights slash villains is not captivating, I think like the audience begins to slowly lose their suspension, the suspension of their mm. sense of disbelief. It's like the Game of Thrones problem. It's like sure. once you start poking holes, like the parachute starts to sink pretty quick. I'm not saying that this is anywhere near that, but it's like they've got they've got one big problem in this episode or in this season being the being upper four, let's say. And it's like mm-hmm. things start to come apart. You know what I mean? It's like what you find one thing to nitpick about. And now you find five more. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. I, I don't know. But I do think we are getting there. Like to Grant's point, like episode eight was one of my favorite in a while of of the season. And uh, it really feels like the Tokido plot line is cooking. But like to your point, like yeah. <laughs> we might just get the next episode, like just being the exact same with the Mitsuri plot line. Sure. And then it's like, okay, then we have one episode of regular length left and then a one hour finale. So it's like, it sort of works. Do you think there's going to be uh well, here's like a fucked up thought experiment. <laughs> Do you think they're going to part two this? No. Like, like no? part two. Well, okay, wait, let me make sure I understand the question. Like do like another stretch of like 13 episodes. Like, of see you next year. These upper moons and these Hashiras? This season, like you know, Swordsmith Village Art no. Part Two. No, I would. No, you don't think so? I don't think so. But I could be fucking wrong. Like my read on this, like, because what we have four episodes left. Yeah, the way. What is this? Was eight? No, nine, uh, ten, eleven. Eight. But eleven is long as hell. Eleven's an hour, right? Okay. So we have Eleven's three. Yeah. But, but the last is a double or a triple. I don't know. Uh... I. Th- I don't think they're doing part two only because it feels like they're trying to fill time and it's tricky. Like I'm, but I could be mm. wrong. I'd, I'll be pissed. I'll tell you that. But that would not, that would not be the first time anime does a dirty like that. So I, I don't know. I do wonder. It makes me wonder why there was such an emphasis on CG outside of like the really big budget scenes yeah. or 3d animation. Maybe, you know, maybe there is restraints and they are stretching it out, but I am, I am starting to wonder, like, early season predictions that we had was like, yo, do you think, like, it'll be fun? Like, will Doma show up at the end? And it's like, we're running out of time for that (laughs) to happen. But you never know, right? Like, the last five minutes of a one-hour special, they might just be like, all right, here's what's next. Sure. Well, what's his name there? Uh, You know, Upper One showed up at the very end of uh, season two, right? So Upper One. some teases. You mean Upper Two? Or or Doma, yeah, it was Doma. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sorry. Anyway, um... Yeah. We're very, very excited for the season to end. We're going to have to do, I don't know about a whole episode, but we're going to have to do either a very long segment or an episode or something on, just on the whole season review when this wraps up. Because we've talked a lot sure. of shit or, we, you know, I've, you know, we bitched about it a little bit because it's been a bit of a weird season. So I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how we're going to feel once we're on the other side of this. Yeah, um, but I think that's about it. Is that it, Grant? That is all. Okay. God, I'm so glad to be back and in the swing of things. Oh my gosh. I know. R- routine is good. <sighs> okay, thank you guys for listening. Shout out again to the comic book shop. Thank you for your continued support. Go check them out. Find us on Instagram at Part Time Otaku Podcast. Um, we do the QA there every Monday. Um, so follow us. Uh, thank you for listening. Grant, say the thing. Bye, guys. Cheers. <laughs>